Well, tonight, very briefly, I want to give a review from this morning's message. I know that several of you were here. Most of you were here, but there were many of you who come on Sunday nights that do not attend Sunday morning. And so I want to give a quick review of the message. We looked at uh, the problem. Uh, You know, it's hard for us to solve the problem when we don't know what the problem is. And Paul addresses the problem that we have. And, And quite honestly, this problem is central to all of our problems. When we have arguments and disputes in our family, in our home, it all goes back. And it's just a symptom of the real problem. The real problem is this. Romans 7, 15, and Gary, this is, I didn't put these first couple verses down. Romans 7, 15 says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do not do what I want to do, I agree that the law is good. Then Paul says uh, in Romans 5, 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, we are powerless through the law. We are powerless through the flesh. To earn our salvation, to defeat sin in our own strength. All that the law does for us is reveal our sin. It cannot heal us from our sin. And sin, well, it, we struggle, don't we? I want to do what I ought to do, but I do not do it. Why, what, what is wrong with me? And so we find that we have a common predicament. You see, every one of us is born in sin. I was born in sin. My wife, Debbie, well, we'll put her right here for right now. My kids, born in sin. My grandkids, born in sin. Pastor Brady, born in sin. Billy Graham, born in sin. Mother Teresa, Born in sin. Pearl Hewitt. Sweet, sweet Pearl Hewitt. Born in sin. You see, we're all born in sin. It's it's our nature. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's the root. These balls are sinful. They won't come out. (laughs) That's the root of the problem. It's not the argument. It's not the dispute. It's not... The root is that we're born in sin. Finally, we realize that even Debbie, little sweet little Debbie, born in sin. All of us, all of us are born in sin. Finally, in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Paul says, What a wretched man am I. What a wretched woman am I. And we ask ourselves, what will rescue us? What will rescue me? What can I do? What can I listen to? What can I change? What can I read? What new insight do I need to hear from? What will rescue me? What new worldview can I read about? What can I do? What, what, what? 
And what you have already discovered, that there is no what that will rescue you. There's no what that will save you. Religion can't rescue you. You see, it's, it's not a what. It's not our church attendance. It's not religion. But it's a who. Romans 7.24 says, What a wretched man am I. Who will, who, not a what, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, it's Christ who rescues us from the power of sin over us. While we were powerless, and it's God who rescues us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we accept Christ in our heart and our lives, and we give our lives to Him, Sin no longer has authority over us. And the reason sin no longer has authority over us is because sin was defeated. You see, when Christ died on the cross, He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died for the sins of the world. He died for your past sins. He died for your present sins. Just keep looking straight ahead. And He died for your future sins. He died for our sins. He paid the price that we should have paid on the cross for you and and for me. But on the third day when he rose again, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And sin no longer has any authority over us. And this morning I asked you to say a short phrase. Sin is not my master. Let's say that again. Sin is not my master. You see, Christ is the solution. The solution is a person who came to us in a babe, as a babe in a manger. Romans 8 says, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those of us who accept Christ as our Savior and Lord, to become followers of Him, there is no condemnation. You see, we are adopted into His family. And what is true of Christ becomes true of us. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, it's interesting as you read through Paul's epistles, he talks a lot about being through Christ and in Christ. And it's Christ who works in us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not in my strength. It's through Christ. It's Christ enabling me. It's Christ empowering me. Christ is the answer. You see, the problem is sin because of Adam's choice. And it's affected us. But the solution is Christ and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit gives life. The law of spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Christ and the Holy Spirit has set us free from the law and sin. And sin is no longer our master. You see, this new life in Christ... 
We have a new identity. The old is gone, the new has come. Sin no longer has authority over us. Sin has been defeated. We are in Christ. Okay, Rex, I I don't understand all that. Well, what Christ did on the cross when he died for you, he paid the price for your sins and for mine. And when he was resurrected on the third day, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now sin is not our master. We'll look a little more closely at that. Romans 8, 3. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. You see, Paul says that the only thing that the law is good for is to reveal to us our sinful nature. The law simply helps us to understand that we fail. You see, it's kind of our default. We recognize that God loves us and He sent His Son. And so what we do often is, in the flesh, we try to be a good person. And we think if we go to church and we're religious, that's good enough. But you see, we're failing to access the freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. We're we're still under the law. We're living by a bunch of rules. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Abolition of Man, talks about the different religion, and he talks about the common laws that all religions have. He says, you know, basically all religions have this, do not harm others, don't lie, uh, do not have sex with another person's spouse or adultery. Uh, care for the weaker among you. Every religion has this stuff. And yet all this stuff fails to make us have a right relationship with God. No, it's Christ who, whose death on the cross justifies us as if we had never sinned. See, all religions have these set of rules that say you ought to do this and you don't. And so you're toast. <laughs> And and we make up rules. You know, even early Christians, after about the year 280, uh, 280 after the death of Christ, they begin to add to the rules. And and we find, you know, penance and all these different things. And walking to the temple on your knees. and, And the sacrifice that one would do to try to earn their salvation. And yet you can't earn your salvation. It's a free gift. But you see, that's what the law does. It, it really it reveals sin to us, but it also keeps us in bondage to our sin. And we're no longer a slave to the law. Let's look further. Romans chapter 7. If Let's go back to Romans chapter 7, verse 1. And it's kind of interesting here. Uh, Paul uses marriage to help us understand this a little bit. He says, do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those of you who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, she is released from law, from the law that binds her to him. So then he says in verse 4, so my brothers and sisters... You also died to the law. 
You see, the law no longer has authority over us. All the law does to, is to reveal our sin nature. Fail, fail, fail. It, it's a grade, and the grade is fail. And the law helps us to understand our need of Christ, our need of a Savior. But when we accept Christ as our Savior and Lord, we are acknowledging that we are no longer under the bondage of the law, but we are free in Christ Jesus. A woman was married to a stern man. He was a true chauvinist by every um, measure that you could measure. He laid out a long list of duties that he expected his wife to perform. Each day she had this long list. It included getting up early, uh, making his breakfast, uh, fixing his breakfast for him and, and seeing him off to work, and then taking care of the chores before she would go to work herself. And then she would come home and she had another list of responsibilities that included taking care of the children and the meals. Over time, the love that she once had for this man who was very um, intimidating. You see, he controlled her relationships, who her friends would be, or, or she had very few friends in actuality. He controlled... Uh, her family relationships. She could rarely ever see her parents. You see, he was very controlling of her. He ridiculed her constantly. One time, this man died. Sometime later, she met a fine man who knew the meaning of love and marriage. Her new husband was generous. He was kind. He was thoughtful. They shared many things together. Her new husband was always quick to pick up and to help with the chores. The new husband cared about her and he invested in her life. He took responsibility for her spiritual well-being. After several years of the marriage, her love for him grew immensely. She respected him a great deal. She would get up early in the morning just to make him coffee fresh and, and to fixing breakfast. And she took joy in that. It wasn't something that was required of her. But for her, it was just a chance to be together. Their lives are so busy with two of them working that they rarely had time for one another. And if she got up early, she could fix a nice breakfast and see him off to work. And, and they had time together. And then she had a little bit of time for devotions. And one day in her quiet time, she was just reflecting upon how God had blessed her in such a wonderful way. Her husband loved her deeply, and it was obvious to everyone. And she respected him, and it was obvious to everyone. That morning as she was praying, she was going through some of her notes, and she went through an old drawer. And in that drawer, she found this list that her former husband had written of things that were required of her, things that had made her bitter towards her former husband, things that were, well, quite honestly, taxing. And she looked at that list and she realized, I'm doing all these things and more. Not because I have to, but because I want to. You see, she was sharing love with someone. 
She was given grace by a loving husband who gave her space to become the person that God was creating her to be. Much in the same way, we are no longer under the bondage of the law, but free to walk and step with the Spirit. Romans chapter 6 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. You see, we died. We died to sin. How can sin have authority over us any longer? Or don't you know? And this is a problem. You see, many of us don't know. I didn't know. I I didn't understand. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Don't you know that when Christ died, don't you know that when we were baptized, we were baptized into his death? You say, oh, how's that possible? I wasn't even there. You see, experientially, when we ask Christ into our heart and life, everything that's true of Christ becomes true of us. Look at the verse. Don't you know? I didn't know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that the old self, the old Adam, has been crucified with him. So that the body of sin might not so that the body of sin might be done away with. We should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. You see, sin in Christ Jesus is no longer my master. And I've been freed from the power of sin. And it makes all the difference when we come to grips with that reality. Sin is not my master. I had two or three people come to me this evening and say, you know, Rex, I said that three times today. Sin is not my master. Sin is not my master. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Now, it's interesting. Once and for all. He died once for all sin and once for all mankind. He died once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. You see, what is true of Christ when we ask him into our heart and life becomes true of us. The problem is we often try to live out our faith in the flesh and fail to recognize the power that is ours in and through Christ Jesus. It's natural for us to do this, isn't it? Because this is the way we've always lived. And we say, I didn't know. I didn't understand. Well, now you do. When you were baptized with Christ, 
you were baptized with him in his death. But when you were brought out of the water, you were resurrected with him. And the old is gone and the new has come. And the power that sin had over you has now been defeated. And sin is no longer your master. Woo! Isn't that great stuff? The Word of God. Powerful. Powerful stuff. Fun. Fun stuff. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dead to sin. Alive. Woo! To God. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you're... That you obey its evil desires. I want to talk a little bit more about that. In verse 13. I think I changed those. Let's see. Yeah, let's... We'll go on. So, three things. Now, I'm, I'm hesitant to give you three things just because it's kind of... When you start doing that, then it's like the law. It's kind of like religion. You know, steps. And living in the Spirit is really not about steps. It's about... Being who Christ has created you to be. It's about walking in step with the Spirit. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about who is the Lord of your life. And so I'm always a little bit hesitant to give three things. But I'm going to give them that because it helps. It's practical. It helps you to think through it. So here are three things. Declare. Declare sin is not my master. How many times in your life have you say, said, Satan, get behind me. You have no authority. You have no power in my life. Christ is my redeemer, and I serve him and serve him alone. Declare. Declare the promises of God in your life. Declare. Now, some people say you have to speak that out loud. Eh, I, I don't. God can hear whether you speak out loud or whether it's in your mind. He knows. The point is to declare what is yours in Christ Jesus. Think like Paul. Not that I've already attained all this. I've already been made perfect. But I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I I claim what is mine through Christ. I take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Declare. Sin is not my master. Decide. Don't let sin rule my life. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 of Romans 6 says, I think it's Romans 6. Yeah. Decide. Uh, Decide that you've had enough death in your life. Decide that you've lived long enough in the flesh. Decide to, to live in the spirit. Romans 6.14 says, I mean, Romans 6.12 says, Therefore, do not let, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that, you're, that you obey its evil desires. Decide with your intellect and your will. Do not let sin reign. Do not live in the flesh. I, I know it's hard. I know it's a struggle. It's, it's daily Taking up your cross and following him. It's daily. I mean, we're going to look through Galatians in just a minute. And I go through there and I think, man, I, and when he talks about sin, I'm thinking I'm all those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's part of our struggle. It's, but, but we have to realize who we are in Christ. 
And the scripture says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So decide, sin is not my master. Declare, sin, you have no power and authority over me. And finally, devote your body to God. Romans 6, 13 says, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God. As those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Devote. Devote your life, your body, your being as instruments of righteousness. Lord, use my mouth as an instrument of righteousness. Let me speak peace to those around me. Let me speak grace to the world around me. Help me to be... Your encouragement, your hope, your joy. Lord, help my hands to be instruments of righteousness. Lord, help my eyes to be instruments of righteousness. Not instruments of evil, but help my eyes to keep focused on that which is righteous and holy and just. It says, do not offer parts of your body as instruments of wickedness. Lord, help me not to get caught in this trap or that trap. But help me to offer my body daily as instruments of your righteousness. John 15, 5 says this. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And this is a key. It's a key to the solution to the problem. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, the ability for us to really be instruments of righteousness, it it hinges on our willingness to abide in the vine. Christ is the vine. And we are to remain in him. Then Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. To walk means to keep in step with. Be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. I think a lot of times we, we think, what, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? I think we, we, we're looking for a lot of answers, but the reality is God has already revealed Himself to us through His Word. And He has given us His Holy Spirit and it instructs us. And so as we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we are to stay in step with Him. Be honest with yourself. Walk in the Spirit. Stay in step with the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Stay close to God. Stay in step with the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, the Scripture says. So that, they are not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But then it says, verse 18, but if, you see, there's another path of the flesh. It's walking in the Spirit. Another way. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, but under the Spirit. And then he talks about the acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. You know, I think about jealousy 
I rarely ever have fits of rage, but you know, I remember as a teenager really struggling with that, and the Lord delivered me. Selfish ambition, I think all of us struggle, you know, especially those of us who have kind of, you know, A-type personalities. We like to list. We like to do things. We like to check them off. And it's hard for us not to have selfish ambition. Dissension. You see, this kind of really starts to hit. I mean, a lot of those things, for those of us who have been in the church, you know, we're not really caught up in a lot of the stuff, but some of it affects us. It speaks to us. Fractions and envy and drunkenness and orgies. And like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I only read that list because I think it's important for us to always realize that we cannot live an evil life and expect to inherit the kingdom of God. That we have a choice. And Christ has not only given us a free choice, but he's given us the power and authority to defeat sin. For sin is no longer my master. Wow. The last part of Galatians is this. But the fruit. Do you know what fruit is? Fruit is the result of something that, that happens in, in, internally in our lives that just produces fruit. You see, you go to an orchard or you, you go to a vineyard and you, and you watch the farmer take care of the trees and they prune it out and, and they fertilize and they care for the trees. But you can watch a tree all day long and you don't just see it go, whoop, whoop, fruit, fruit. You, you don't see the trees strain, you know, ah, fruit. You know, I mean, it just happens. Fruit just kind of, it's, it's something that's happening internally with inside the vine. It's something that's happening internally with inside the tree. That fruit just kind of, all of a sudden it comes as a flower and then a bud and then an apple or I don't know how it goes. <laughs> and we see fruit and the evidence of the fruit. But it, it's a natural process and it's so, it's true with us. You see, fruit is something that happens because our obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not really in our doing, it's in our being. It's in who we are in Christ Jesus. A week ago, Sunday, Pastor Brady lit the candle for a, a gentleman that we've been praying for. The note came across in the prayer concerns, pray for my brother. Uh, he's in rehab and been in the hospital and now he's in rehab and I'd already been to visit him three, four times at the hospital, and, and uh, I just went into the room, and, and I already asked the Lord, would you just help me to lead him to Christ? The mom's concerned about his relationship with Christ. The sister's concerned. They're praying that he would come to Christ, and, and I knew that. I knew that was a prayer concern of theirs. And, you know, I walked in. I had about 12 calls to make that day. It was just one of those heavy days. I knew I really couldn't stay very long, and, and I came, and sat down and we talked for a few minutes and and I finally just said, Dennis, is there anything that you'd just like to is there anything I could pray for you about? And when I said that he just began to pour out. You know, I haven't really lived a life that I should should have lived. And I have some regrets and he went on and on. And I said, Dennis, would you would you like to ask Christ in your heart and life? 
And he said to me, you know, Rex, if it's simple. He said, you got to make it real simple for me. I said, I could pray a simple prayer. Just repeat after me. And I prayed that very simple prayer. And there was something very precious. Here's sister right there by his bedside and me. She's crying and I'm praying and the Holy Spirit comes. He said, I feel so much better. It's it's like a, a load has been lifted. You see, the fruit is really not in our striving. It's in our being. It's living out who Christ is in our lives. You see, fruit is produced in us and not through us. We are simply instruments of His righteousness. We are His hands and His feet. As we're obedient to His leading in our lives, He will produce fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there are no laws. You see, this is not a to-do list. This is who we are. I was a jealous young man, and the Lord took away my jealousy. I was an impatient young man, and the Lord gave me patience for most things. (laughs) You know, I'm one that has a tendency to be more concerned about myself than I am for others. It's my tendency. But the Lord's working on me as I try to live less in the flesh and more in the Spirit. As the redeeming power of Christ transforms me into His image. You see, it's His sanctifying power in our lives that takes our self-centeredness And turns it into selflessness. It's his sanctifying power in our lives. That takes our lack of control. And turns it into self-control. Not because of something we have done. But because of who Christ is. In us. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, your word is so powerful and so exciting to me. For it's true. And your truth frees us from the bondage of the flesh. Help us, Lord, to be a people who keep in step with your spirit. To trust you in all things. 
Oh, what a wretched man am I. We still struggle. But we know that you are the answer and the solution. So this week, Lord, we decide. We, de- we uh, declare that sin is not our master. We decide to not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. And we devote our bodies to you as instruments of your righteousness. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.